brother. Well, it looks like they all want to stay in here, and I don't blame them. I don't blame. I know you want to stay in here and listen to Brother Bill's preaching, huh? What's wrong with you, boy? Huh? You've lost your brain, man. Oh, man. Well, there there is a key word to today's sermon. Anybody care to guess it? Nope. What was that? You wish. That was the word I was looking for, but not. Amen? Uh, it, it won't be too bad. I believe y'all will be able to suffer through it. Amen? But isn't the Christmas season just awesome? I don't know what it is, but it seems like I didn't get, really get on me until about a week and a half before. And that's when I really begin to realize how awesome Christmas is. I even love uh, doing that shopping for that, that uh, perfect Christmas present. How many of you love doing that? Uh huh. There's a couple other fruitcakes like me out there. Um, but have you ever received a gift that was so amazing that you were at a loss for words? Have you ever received a gift that was so incredible that it was indescribable? God's Word has a lot to say about gifts. For instance, after asking a Samaritan woman for a drink at the well, the Lord Jesus said, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Living water would certainly be an awesome gift. Amen? The Apostle Paul told the Roman believers that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can't speak for you, but eternal life is a pretty awesome gift. Amen? Amen. Paul wrote to the Ephesian believers saying, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Why? Because it is a gift of God. Being saved through faith in Christ, that's a pretty awesome gift. James teaches us that every good and perfect gift comes, from us, comes to us from God. I like good and perfect gifts. Amen. Finally, Paul told the Corinthian believers... Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Another translation puts it this way. Thanks to God for His gift, too wonderful for words. What a gift. But I wondered, how does He do it? How does God find that perfect gift? How did He find that perfect gift that was beyond description? Well, I believe that I found uh, four criteria that just like we do when we're shopping for a gift, God has done in choosing His gift to every single one of us that's indescribable. The first criteria that the Lord used is that God made it a personal gift. God's gift is personal. The best gifts that we buy for our families and for our friends are those that are always personal. We want to find that perfect gift that they'll appreciate. 
We want them to, we want to find that perfect gift that, where they'll look at it and they'll remember it came from you. The perfect gift, the personal gift. Have you ever received a gift that had no personal touch at all? Maybe it was a dollar store gift or a re-gift, amen, and you knew it. What do you do with that kind of gift? It's not long before you forget it, amen. God's gift is personal. One of the greatest gifts that God has given us, one of the greatest gifts that we can receive, especially at Christmas time, is the realization that God knows each and every one of us personally. And not only that, He wants us to know Him personally too. God's gift is personal. In fact, in the Bible, in Psalm 139, I believe the psalmist captured it very well. Listen to what he wrote in Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word of my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. God knows us, and he wants us to know him too. You know, when you stop to think about it, it's a mind-blowing thought that God knows us so intimately. It blows me away that he knows my sitting down and my rising up. He knows the words that I speak before I utter them, the thoughts that I think before I think them. He knows me real well. God is not just some higher power up there. He knows me, and he desires that I know him intimately as well. He relates to me on my level. And Brother Allen, I'm going to give it to you a little bit clearer than you said it. This is the post, but he was right on it. When God couldn't have possibly made himself any bigger to impress us, he made himself smaller so he could come alongside us. That's Christmas, friends. That's Christmas. That's Christmas.
made himself smaller to come alongside you and I. He came as a child. A little baby. Consider that for a second. Moms, have you ever placed your finger in the grip of a little baby? There's nothing like it. And when that baby tugs on your finger, he also tugs on your heart. I believe that's Christmas because Christmas puts a powerful grip of a tiny baby's hand reaching up from the bed of straw. That's love. It's God's love tugging our hearts back to him. That little baby born in a manger. As the Bible says, God, invisible in his own nature, became visible in ours. That God, though he was way beyond our grasp, chose to become within our grasp. Friends, this is the intimately personal nature of Christmas. Don't let Christmas be a season. Don't let Christmas be a holiday. Let Christmas be personal to you. Let Christmas be personal to you. For God gave you His Son for your sake. He gave you His Son for your sake. For God so loved the world, John said, that He gave His only Son, that everyone on a personal level might not perish but have everlasting life. He gave us a gift of such a personal nature. We couldn't begin to dream of such a gift. I couldn't have, in my wildest imagination, begun to fathom a gift like that. It's a gift of life. But it's not life like we know it. It's life Beyond this world, it's the promise of everlasting life in heaven. It's a gift of abundant life that begins in the here and now. What a gift. And for those who will receive this gift, God promises to be with us, and he promises to be in us. Yes, for all who will choose to make room in their hearts, Jesus, Emmanuel, will be with us. There is no more personal gift than that. God chose you. He chose you. But you know, when we buy a gift for those that we love, not only should that gift be personal, but that gift ought to be practical. God's gift was practical. Now, most of us end up receiving at least one or two presents that are as much use as a chocolate teapot. Amen? But sometimes people give a gift to make a point. Like the woman who put her Christmas wish list on the fridge so her husband would see it. Mm-hmm. She kept it brilliantly simple. She said, all I want is something that will make me look slim and beautiful. Mm -hmm. When Christmas arrived, she looked forward to opening a package with some kind of intimate apparel that would make her look pretty. Instead, she got an exercise bike. <laughs> that dude's in trouble, amen? Whoa. But you know, if we're not careful, Santa might bring us what we deserve. 
For some of y'all, that's coals and sticks, amen? Mm-hmm. God, however, provides us with something that we don't deserve. God gives the gift that we don't deserve. For the wages of sin is death, says the Bible. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. God's practical gift to us then is forgiveness of sin. What a gift that our sins can be forgiven. He wants to cleanse us from our sins. And that kind of gift that God gives goes way beyond the kind of cleansing you can get from Bath and Body Works. Amen? It's a cleansing that begins on the inside, not just on the outside. God's practical gift is the cleansing of our hearts from the inside out, the cleansing of our attitudes, the cleansing of our thoughts, the cleansing of our actions. It begins on the inside. We need to pray the prayer with the writer of Psalm 51 who wrote, Create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and a steadfast spirit within me. Think about how exciting it is. When you give that personal gift, that gift that took a lot of thought on your part, Think about how exciting it is to give that gift that's the perfect gift. You know it's perfect. And then you give that gift, and the person that you've given it to just tosses it aside. You give that perfect gift, and that person just discards the gift. How'd that make you feel? I think so often, That's what people do with God's gift of forgiveness. They just discard it. But he's here to tell you that while your past may be stained with regret, while your past may be tarnished with shame, it may be soiled with sin, God's gift to you is a spotless future. You just have to receive the gift. Just accept the gift. God says through Isaiah that though your sins are like scarlet, they can be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they can become as wool. Cleansed from the inside out. Forgiveness is available. Now, I don't know what your past looks like, but I know what mine looks like. And to know that God's gift to me is a spotless future, cleansed of all the junk. Oh, it just blesses my soul. It's available. But you know what? I had to receive it. I had to respond to that gift of forgiveness. I had to receive that gift that God has given. It was a personal gift. It was certainly a very practical gift. But that kind of practical gift demands a reaction. It demands a response. But you know, God's gift is also permanent. God's gift is personal. He gave His only Son. God's gift is practical. We can have God's forgiveness of all the sins in our past. But you know, as we shop for the perfect gift, if it's possible, we'd like for it to be permanent. 
as we shop for that gift, we'd like for it to be something of lasting value. We'd like for it to be something that they will treasure beyond Christmas Day. Amen? Something that won't perish. Something that won't tarnish. Something that won't, won't rust or fade away. You know, in America, we spoil our kids rotten. We spoil them rotten. Think of, even we buy, even buy infants, expensive toys, only to find out at the end of Christmas Day, what do they play with? The boxes, the wrapping, and the bows. You're one of them. The gifts we receive on earth, though, they're temporary at best. But this gift that God gives, that's a permanent gift. It's a permanent gift. I read about a pastor's son who explained to his three, or a pastor who explained to his three-year-old son that if he chose to disobey mom and dad anymore, he was going to have to live with the consequences. And he started crying out with a terrified look on his face. He said, but I don't want to live with the consequences. I want to live with you and mommy. Mm. Can I tell you that there are consequences if you don't accept the gift of God? There are consequences if we don't accept the gift of God. And God, our Heavenly Father, He knows that we're all in danger. Our Heavenly Father, He knows that we're at risk of spending eternity separated from Him. He knows. And so what did He do? He sent Jesus, his only son, as a gift to you personally, practically, and permanently, if you will accept the gift. He wanted us to have the opportunity to spend heaven with him. I assure you, he said, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me will have everlasting life. Think of it. Life without Christ is a hopeless end. But life with Christ is an endless hope. So God's gift is indeed personal. He sent His own Son. God's gift is indeed practical. He offers us the forgiveness of sin. God's gift is also permanent. He offers us a relationship with Him that is eternal. That means it lasts forever. It's permanent. But you know, God's gift was also purchased. When we shop for the perfect gift, there's one thing you better do. And that is you better purchase that gift before you leave the store. Amen? You better purchase that gift. Even God purchased the perfect gift. It didn't come for free. In fact, it had a huge cost attached to it. And we ought not cheapen it by taking it for granted or just turning our backs on the gift given by God. When we couldn't save ourselves, God's Son Jesus came to rescue us. What a gift. Trusting Him is the only way to receive the gift. And if you try to save yourself, then God can't save you. 
Trusting Jesus is the only way to receive the gift. He rescued us by purchasing forgiveness on the cross. The Bible says that He is the sacrifice for our sins. All of our sins. Not only ours, but the whole world's sins. He purchased that for us. That's the startling truth of the gospel. Is that Jesus purchased our salvation. He purchased the gift. For a moment, close your eyes. Because I want you to think of the most expensive gift you ever purchased for someone else. It's a lot of money, huh? Now remember this. God spent everything he had on you. He spent all he had. There was no more to give. He gave all that he had to give. And now we can accept this gift for ourselves, but to do so we must acknowledge that there's nothing more we can do. Just accept it. Accept the gift. We're saved by trusting Jesus, not by doing good works. Those good works come later, amen? You know, there are three words that make me cringe when I receive a gift. Three words. Some assembly required. What that means is, is that I got to do something before I get that gift. No assembly required with God's gift. I read about a man who ordered a treehouse for his children. It arrived and he began to assemble it. He laid out all the parts on the ground and he began reading the instructions. Sadly, he discovered that the instructions were for the treehouse, but the parts were for a boat. So the next day he wrote an angry letter and he began complaining about the mix-up and they sent this reply. We are truly sorry for the mix-up. We're truly sorry for the inconvenience. But it might cheer you up a little bit to think that somewhere there is a man out on a lake trying to sail your treehouse. <laughs> Some assembly required. I'm so thankful that I, don't, I didn't have to be right before I accepted God's gift. I didn't have to assemble myself and make myself right before God saved me. To put something together, you better have the right instructions. Thankfully, when it comes to our own lives, both the earthly life and the eternal life, we've been given great instructions. God has revealed it to us. He's shown us the instructions. And he won't force himself on you. He offers his gift, but he won't make you take it. All he's done is reached out to us through the life and death of his son. And then it's up to us to make the next move. It's amazingly simple. 
We can accept God's gift by simply believing it. That's God's gift. To believe means to rely and depend upon. It means to put your trust and your faith in someone or something. To believe. And God's gift is freely given to the whole world. It's available to all. But you got to believe for yourself. you got to accept the gift for yourself. That gift and the knowledge that Jesus lived, died, and was raised again. What a gift. You know, many department stores these days offer gift cards. And a gift card can be purchased and then exchanged for merchandise. The only problem with these cards is one thing. Most of them have an expiration date. Like gift cards, God's gift only has value if you redeem it and there is an expiration date. When your life on earth is through, the offer of God's gift expires. You only have the time while you're here on earth to accept God's gift. Because when you're done with this life, the offer expires. Just over 2,000 years ago, God gave us the answer to the question of whether or not He was willing to have a relationship with us. And I want to tell you today that through the person of Jesus Christ, His answer was a resounding, Yes! I want a relationship with you, with you, with you, and with you. Yes! And I sent my son to prove it. Will you accept the gift? So he puts the question back to us. And if we answer, yes, I am willing to believe, and I am willing to receive your son, Jesus Christ, as a gift then we too can enter into a relationship with God that will change your life forever. Not only here and now, but then and there. So at Christmas, when we receive a whole lot of gifts that we don't need, and we receive a whole lot of gifts that we really don't want, amen? Good answer. God offers us a gift of much greater worth. Get this. God offers you a gift that you really can't live without. He offers you a gift you really can't live without. You can't enjoy abundant life here without the gift. And you certainly can't enjoy eternal life there without the gift. So what will it be? You know, we sang a song, Brother Hal, and this is just one of those God things, I suppose. But in 1867, Phillips Brooks wrote the last verse of that Christmas carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. And as we sing it, or as we sang it, I wonder if these lyrics resonated in your heart. Listen to them again. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in 
be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, their great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us, abide in us, our Lord Emmanuel. I think those lyrics really define what we need to do in order to receive God's personal, practical, permanent, and purchased gift that is Jesus Christ, His Son. So why not pray a prayer? Pray a prayer based on that song as a way of receiving God's gift that's beyond description. Let us pray. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to me, I pray. I turn from my sin, please enter in. Be born in me today. I've heard the Christmas message, the great glad tidings tell. Christ, come to me. Abide with me. O Lord, Emmanuel. Father in heaven, there is no doubt in my mind that there is someone here today who on this Christmas morn needs to accept the gift of God that is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Father, I can't make them do it. None of his brother, his or her brother or sister can make him do it. Lord, you can do it. Lord, would you remind them that today we celebrate the day where you gave the greatest gift anyone could possibly give. You gave everything you had to give. And that gift was personal. It wasn't just a blanket gift. It was a gift to each and every single individual. It was the practical gift of forgiveness of sin. And Lord, it wasn't just a gift that we have one day and can lose the next day. No, Lord, it was a permanent gift. It was a gift that was purchased through the blood of Jesus Christ, your Son. Lord, speak to him today in that still, soft whisper. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that we would remember that the offer of your gift does have an expiration date. And that expiration date is the date of our death. We know not what the future holds. So Lord, let us receive the gift today. So Lord, if there's a decision that needs to be made, quicken their spirit. Make their heart skip a beat right now. Do a mighty work, Lord. Whisper in their ear. Encourage them to accept your precious gift, who is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, we love you, and we thank you so much for the birth of your Son. 
We celebrate, celebrate it today, not only in worship, but in our family time, over our meals, with the gifts that have been given and, and that we've given to others. Lord, let everything that's transpiring today honor you and praise the name of Jesus Christ who died for us. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In the name of your Son, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.